This is a Sunday morning special, so grab your cup of coffee and enjoy. Be sure to follow Brandon Havrilla as well as the RE and Friends podcast Instagram. Stay tuned for our next episode, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. What's going on, podcast? I'm your host, Brandon Havrilla. Welcome to another Sunday morning chat. Today, we're going to be chatting with Hunter Harrison. Good longtime friend, right? How are you doing, Hunter? Good, Brandon. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm good. Absolute pleasure. So um, you're based out of where? Ohio? Yep. Columbus, Ohio. And so you're Hurricane Productions. You're kind of a, a DJ company and a, a production company, right? Kept getting inquiries for rentals and more AV services. Um, so that's when I left the production company that I was working at. Uh, and we rebranded to Hurricane Productions. Our main focus is weddings, but we do uh, do the occasional uh, AV rental uh, for like small golf clubs and corporate events. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. So similar story because we used to be, you know, Red Max Entertainment and same thing. We shifted to Red Max events to kind of cover that, that larger, you know, broader uh, area of clients. So we, I kind of hung on to that, that entertainment side. So like on our website, we still have that Red Max Entertainment logo because it does still kind of go together. It's a very similar logo to our events logo. It's just a different word, but our actual LLC is, you know, Red Max events. And it was something I was just speaking to uh, Jeff at Canal Sound and Light about too, because they were talking about um, not necessarily rebranding, but their Canal Sound and Light, and then they have an install side too. So they were then th doing like maybe CSL installs or something for their install branding. Um, and he was asking about kind of keeping it separate or putting it all together. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting because I'm like torn too. Like, do I want to bring back Red Max Entertainment and actually make like a separate Instagram for that so I could just poke you know, just post pictures of happy brides, people in the photo booth, like just all people having fun at private events and then keep my events page for like cool LED dance floors and, you know, production stuff. Or do I want to keep them combined? I'm like, I'm torn between which one's better. You know, I don't know if I want to build up a new following or interesting. Right. But okay. we've kind of been doing business underneath Hurricane Productions. Right. The reason why we went with Hurricane Productions is because the word productions is more of like an overall, like it's a, it's a, it's a vague word. 100%. You're doing more than just entertainment. So that's one of the reasons why we switched was because we weren't only just doing entertainment. We were doing uh, small AV production, rentals, uh, photo booth stuff, microphone speakers, that kind of stuff for corporate events. Yeah, definitely. And we've gone, so I went the, the events route versus the production route because ultimately I want to be able to offer more for events. And um, one thing we've gotten is like, oh, with, with events, it sounds like you're an event planner, um, which is kind of cool because, you know, although I'm not directly an event planner and we do a lot more, um, I do want clients to come to us for us to kind of take on their event like an event planner would and we can facilitate if we can't do it in-house we'll bring on other vendors who can do a tent or who can do flowers or photography or whatever um so that kind of like was a something i realized after actually creating the name and i was like you know what that kind of works because that's that is what i'm i want to go for and and keep that more broad term exactly like you know you were saying Right. And that's one of the things about uh, if you happen to rebrand, like I don't know how many people out there are going to be rebranding, but if you do happen to rebrand, think of a name that you know is going to be vague enough where you can offer more services than what you're currently offering. Because the end goal here is to be able to service more types of uh, clientele and uh, events than you normally are. 100%. Yeah. And, and I, I see that a lot too. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are like, you know, blah, 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 DJs or, you know, uh, 
a night to remember DJs or perfect memory DJs or something like that. And it's like, you know, when you, when you see that on Google or a business card, what are you going to call them for? You know, you're going to call them for a DJ. Maybe they happen to have a photo booth too, but like, you know, it's going to be for that. Whereas, uh, if you, I think if you are looking to move more that production route, like you said, serve, you know, more clients, um, or do, do rentals and stuff like that. It's, it's important to keep that brand a little broader, you know, so that, that clients are thinking that you do more. Exactly. Yeah. So how old are you? <laughs> I'll be 23 next week. Awesome. So we're in the same, you know, ballpark, younger DJs in the industry. Uh, I'll be 21 in a few weeks. So that's uh, exciting. But I wanted to get yeah, there you go. I wanted to get into, you know, like our main topic for this chat that we were discussing. And we were like going back and forth of like, what should we what should we talk about? And I was like, why don't we talk about being young DJs, right? Something pretty practical for both of us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So sure. I guess, I mean, I've certainly come across some um, hard truths and and factors you know being a younger dj in the industry um so i've got some stories and some uh some stuff that i have in mind but is there anything that you found particularly challenging being a younger dj or just uh, even just a young business owner um yeah you know i think i think it'll come with time um but for those young ones out there i mean and i've i've learned this you know over the course of the past couple of years keep your foot down. I mean, don't, don't let people step on you. I mean, I've had clients, uh, say, you know, well, if I pay with cash, well, you know, will you give me an extra discount? Um, you know, and especially with your payment terms, you know, stand your ground, don't let people push you around. And I think starting out with knowing your policies and, and knowing where you want to go with your, with your business is, is very crucial because that's ultimately going to help you where you end up at. hundred percent. And, to kind of expand on that too, um, more so, you know, like with clients and that's something I've always stuck to because, um, I've always been a long-term guy. I'm, I'm always looking at the bigger picture five, 10 years from now than I am like day to day. Um, and I think that's kind of helped me with it. But with that said, you know, like I don't mind not working this Saturday. Um, if it means the client went with somebody else because I wouldn't discount or, or lower my price, you know, like I don't mind that now because I know long-term that's helping my brand and making me known as, you know, a higher price or a better service. Um, so I think that's important on the client side to not let them, like you said, step on you or take advantage of you. And in addition to that, um, I think for the industry side as well. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of networking, whether it's at trade shows or just online and Facebook groups, and you get a lot of, um, I don't know, I don't want to call it hate, but you get a lot of like, you get pushed around a lot when you're like a new face to the industry, like guys don't like seeing that, you know, and I think that's something important to note too, is like, I've, I've trained myself to not hear two things. I, I don't listen to people that are like, Oh my God, you're doing great. You're amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Like I don't listen to that. And I don't listen to the guys that are like, what are you doing? You're undercharging or you're overcharging or uh, you're never going to make it or, you know, whatever they have to say. Um, I've kind of trained myself to almost like ignore both of those and just kind of stay in my lane and stay focused. And I think that's um, been super helpful because when you do hear that like cheering or you do something good and you're, you know, and you start to hear that, then that's when your ego starts to take off and then 
you uh, you don't become so good anymore. And then when you hear that booing, it could really put you down, especially as a younger you know person. Uh, and it could really same with like social media and everything. It's like if someone posts something that's hateful on it, and it could really you know like ruin your day or or be like you know what I don't fuck this I don't want to do this anymore you know. So uh, I think it's interesting that you know it, it all ties together though P- industry people and clients you know i think like you were saying just put your foot down and stand your ground mm-hmm. because that that professionalism will uh, will certainly come across yeah and that professionalism professionalism excuse me will take you will take you a long way too i mean it'll 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 put you where you want to be in the long run definitely um, and, and to branch off of that i forgot my thought <laughs> <laughs> well go ahead and, and Sure. Yeah. So for, for professionalism, I was going to bounce off that. I noticed you have one of your shirts on now, it looks like, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, and I'm also wearing one of ours. Um, so speaking of like professionalism, cause that's something I've, I mean, I started the company in 2016. Um, but I had like my home recording studio and I was doing events before that. And, uh, since like, I don't know, 2014, like before I even had a debit card, I think I had apparel and stuff, you know, cause I was like, I was always like, let me have a business card. I want apparel. I want something, you know, pens. I, I think I had pens then too. I was just like, I want stuff with my logo. Cause it, I think it looks more professional and stuff. And I've been told that time after time, like when I go to these events and I have my own t-shirt on as like a 14 year old or 16 year old or whatever, um, it was something that people are like, Oh, you're so professional. You have your own t-shirts or whatever, this and that. And I think it's something that has translated, you know, fairly well, um, over time. And now we, we keep up with it and we all are wearing matching shirts when we go out to jobs. Cause now we have, you know, a team of us and we have pens at the office and we have our brochure and everything's like branded together. And I think that links to that professionalism. Um, exactly. and I, it's something I've seen help us because, you know, people come into our office, uh, even other industry guys, and then they see, you know, a legit brochure and they see an email signature that's like branded and has all our information. And they see an email that's at your domain and not at Gmail, you know, like, and that type of stuff. And I think that helps a younger DJ stand out because until they actually meet you, they don't know you're young. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I think that's a huge, huge selling, true. Uh, you know, tactic for yeah. sure. Where I was going with that last part, um, uh, branching off of what you were saying prior to, prior to the t-shirts, um, don't, don't price negotiate with these brides and grooms. Um, you know, they're going to pay what you are worth. If, if you think you're worth 1000 to 1500 they will pay it if they're the right client. If, if they're not willing to pay for it, they're not the right client for you. 100%. And, you know, a little bit to like, to note too, I mean, you do have to know your place and, and adjust accordingly, especially when you're younger and you are new to the industry. Um, you really can't expect to come in and try and charge the same rates that those DJ companies that have been in business for several years have been charging. It just doesn't, even if you put on this great storefront and a website and all this other stuff, um, let's face it, you don't have the experience that they have. You shouldn't be charging that, you know? And that's one of those things where like, you just build that up over time. Most DJs I think start um, doing family friends parties free right. if not like i don't know 100 bucks 150 like i think we've all if been that, there at some right. point right? right you know so and it's you get those those older djs that are like oh i never did that you know like they did they did <laughs> and and to branch off of that i think in, the, in this industry respect has to be earned um and you know people have to people have to value you as a dj but they you know starting out at a younger age they have to value you at what you value yourself at you know um so 
obviously you, you don't want to go out there and you know be 15 year old dj charging you know two thousand dollars i'm not saying there's there are djs out there doing that um but the you know it's you're gonna have a harder time doing that than you know yeah so i mean i wouldn't go you know first first uh first time doing a wedding age 15 right. or 16 i wouldn't go out charging two thousand dollars i mean i, I would right. I, I would value yourself at what i mean I, I would market yourself for what you're valued at so. right and i think that's important too because you could um you could easily I don't want to say ruin, but you could hurt your reputation by doing that because, you know, when somebody pays, same with, you know, if you think about it, if you're going to, uh, I don't know if you have like pay less shoes by you. I know they went out of business here, but like if you're going to like a cheaper shoe store and you're paying 30, 40 bucks for a pair of shoes, you're going to have probably lower expectations for how long they're going to last and how long the soles are going to take to wear out and that kind of thing versus if you're buying a $150 pair of shoes, you know, and um, it's a similar thing. So, if you pay $150 for a pair of shoes and it wears down after the first week, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed and not buy those shoes again, you know, or not buy that brand. And I think it's a similar concept, you know, just because you're young and you see these other guys charging more or whatever, like know your worth. Um, because if you do go in and charge more than what you're worth and, you know, the client will realize that, um, that could, you know, hurt you, whether they don't hire you again or they leave a bad review or whatever it is, uh, until you do gain that, that experience, um, you know, and, and it, I think it goes both ways because we've, um, I, I don't want to say rapidly, but we've increased our, our rates fairly quickly to get up to that fair market value as we felt necessary. Um, because I also didn't want to be known for, you know, a great service, like super cheap. Um, and I didn't want to be known for that because I think that could almost hurt you as well. Uh, because then you'll get a lot of referrals that are like, oh, so-and-so recommended me and told me your photo booth is $250. <laughs> and it's like... Why so and so doing that? <laughs> right. You ever seen those photos that it says, uh, you know, clients budget and clients expectation and. You know, yep. Yeah. It's the same same thing exactly. here. You know. No, same thing, and I think it's it's very you know important, and that the professionalism thing. I just whether it's apparel, having a business card, having a website, having you know invoicing and stuff, having everything set up properly and correctly, um, I think is a huge bonus for um a younger dj because like i said until they actually meet you um they don't know you're younger and then when they do meet you um they'll be pleasantly surprised especially if you put out a good product you know exactly. and or a service and it's something that still happens to me all the time i mean obviously i look younger too so i mean i, I deal with these corporate clients and then i show up on site and they're like where's brandon and I'm like, I am Brandon, you know, and I'm like, I don't know if I should be upset by that or like happy. So um, I'm sure I'll be happy several years down the line, you know, but it's one of those things where like um, being able to put on that professional like storefront and and uh, I don't want to say fake it, but you're you're looking like something bigger um, maybe than you are uh, at least age wise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's kind of where the marketing uh, and the advertisement comes into play. And that's, you know, obviously for another podcast. Um, but I think you hit the you hit the hit the nail right on the hammer there, or the hammer on the nail. <laughs> you, you got it correct. <laughs> sure. yep. So you do a lot more, uh, I think, weddings than we do because I've moved more into the production. Um, we're actually trying to bring the wedding side back, and I have one guy that I brought on to do office stuff and actually focus on mostly selling, you know, the weddings and stuff. But um, in terms of what you do for the wedding side, so now have you found being 
you know, younger, um, or in most cases, probably being younger than the brides and grooms, have you found that like a hard thing to sell to them? Or do you find them questioning you on that? You know, you know, I've had I've had a couple questions uh, from different brides, you know, asking my age, but a lot of the time, I don't, I don't think it's an issue uh, to either myself or, or the bride and groom, um, or, or the couple. Um, I have had, you know, back in December of 2019, so just a few short months ago, did a wedding and the bride was like, well, we hired you because of your age. You know, we wanted someone who was a little bit younger and knew what was trending. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can be a a plus factor when it comes to being a wedding DJ. Definitely. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it too. I mean, we've had, um, you know, some that are like question it or they're like, you know, we can tell they're thinking like, well, why are you qualified to do our wedding? Like how old's the MC going to be or how old's the, you know, your other staff and that kind of thing. Um, one thing I will say is because we do, I guess, more of the production side, um, it has been easier for me to sell because on my website, like we have our clients that we've worked with, you know, we've done stuff for Home Depot, we've done stuff for Ferrari, Famous Food Festival, we've done stuff for um, New York Fashion Week, like we've done a lot of uh, higher end corporate stuff. And I think that kind of helps us a little bit. And it comes back to that, like, um, almost like, I don't want to call it a fake storefront, but it comes back to that, like, you know, hiding, hiding behind that, um, or hiding your age behind that, because it's one of those things where, you know, if a bride sees that and they're like, oh, well, they're doing work with Ferrari and Home Depot and whatever, like, I guess they could do our wedding, you know, that kind of thing. Right. No, yeah, to- that totally makes sense. Yeah, I just did a, an event for Wells Fargo a couple, couple weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. where they, you know, needed a projector and uh, some speakers and some mics. And so that kind of all ties back to another service that we, we provide, like I said, the production stuff. So, you know, I'm only, you know, three years uh, legally in, in, into this, but I've been doing this professionally for over eight years and I've already got contact, uh, clients such as Wells Fargo contacting me, you know, that speaks volume, you know, so if you're a younger DJ, sure. you're a younger, younger DJ looking to, you know, expand your horizon, start now because you can have these big fortune 500 clients, you know, knocking at your door. Definitely. And so speaking of a little bit of, you know, that and, and moving forward in the future, um, where, like, what, what is your goal? Is your goal to do mostly weddings or do you see yourself moving fully into production or rentals or sales? You, you know, five years from now, I, I can see, you know, my company being where you're at right now, Brandon. Um, my production side isn't quite as big as yours. Um, so five years from now, I can see myself being at your level. Um, but, you know, 10, 15 years from now, I can see, uh, you know, Hurricane Productions doing massive uh, corporate events, you know, up, upwards of, you know, 1,500 to, you know, you know, 20,000 people. So I've got, got uh, some pretty, pretty big goals planned, um, obviously, but it, it, it takes time. So for you know, sure. I, I, and I think one of the, the big things that I've, and I guess I kind of almost set you up for that in a way um, by, by giving you that, like, Hey, what do you plan on five years? One of the things I've, I've always worked on and, and strived on is to not put a timeline on things um, in that, that macro sense and just more, like now day to day, okay, yes, we need to do this by tomorrow. We need to do this by tomorrow, that kind of thing. Um, but in the the grand scheme of things, I try not to put a timeline on certain things. Like for example, ultimately I want to have a tent division uh, and do tents in-house. Um, whether that means I buy out a company that does tents or whether that means I buy into the inventory train ourselves, I don't know. Um, but that's one of those things like I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to put a timeline on that. I don't know if it'll be next month or if it will be five years or 10 years from now, I don't know. 
but it's one of those things where like I have that goal set and and we'll make it happen. Um, and that's, you know, I've just kind of taught myself to not put those, those timelines on it because then I think it could lead to um, either disappointment if we don't reach it or it could almost hold you back. Cause it's like, Oh, well, like in my head, I'm doing that five years from now. Maybe I don't want to make that leap now, you know? But but I think sometimes, you know, not to disagree with you, I think uh, goals are, are good, especially in, you know, some, some scenarios. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's a bad scenario for what we were talking about, but I think so, some goals are, are good uh, in, in some respect. No. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think, I think goals themselves are um, amazing. Like, like you saying that, uh, was like awesome. That makes me happy. Um, I think it's the the timeline thing, and that's just me personally. That's how I guess I've like wired my brain to work. Um, is like I don't want to put necessarily a timeline on those goals. Like, yes, I want to buy that out. Yes, I want to have at least a twenty thousand square foot warehouse. I want to be the main rental house here. I want to like I have these goals that I want to do. I want to ultimately have an in house recording studio. So for things like this, the podcast, or if we want to, I posted that video. Uh, where I made like the beat out of, you know, warehouse sounds. Um, like I want to, I want to have an in-house recording studio to be able to do that, you know? Um, so I think goals are very important to set those because you do need a path to follow uh, and and things to look forward to and, and go for. Um, and it's just something I've learned to not put a timeline on. And, you know, ultimately I wanted to start building my own front boards and stages. Um, I initially saw that as like a year or two years from now. And uh, it was something that almost like a flip of a switch. Like one day we were like, all right, we're just going to buy the stuff and build our own, you know? Right. And that, that's awesome now that you're building stages and stuff. So yeah, I mean, that, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, uh, your acrylic stuff. I know a lot of people know about it, but some, some people might not know about what you're doing with the, with the acrylic material. Sure. Yeah. So we've, uh, it's been big in the New York market for a while. So I don't want to, um, like, I'll start with that. Like it wasn't our idea. We didn't invent this stuff, you know? Um, it's been big in our market. There's several manufacturers here that make them production companies, make them in house. And then uh, more recently companies like pro X have started, you know, importing and making them as well. So they, they're, they're around, they're popular, especially in this, the tri-state area where we are. And basically we've done it for a few reasons. Um, we started to make them in-house for our own reasons so that we can build custom stuff when we want it. Um, and then so that I can, you know, get out of the office and say, Hey, we need this for this job or, Hey, we're one cocktail table short for this job, or we need this. Like, let's, let's just build it. Cause we have the material here. So that's the initial thought process. And then ultimately I had a lot of friends and companies here on Long Island that said, you know, Hey, are you selling that stuff? Like I'd rather buy it off you than so-and-so. Um, so I was like, you know, honestly, I, yeah, I could build them for you and sell them to you. Um, so that kind of became a thing. And then it was getting to the point where I was like, all right, well, this needs to be a little more, uh, legitimate. Like, let me create a website for this. Let me create a Instagram. Cause I think we could really push it. And again, one of those goals is like, ultimately I want to have one or two guys that are just paid salary to work in a shop for me and custom fabricate stuff. And whether that's, you know, shelving or doing, you know, physical builds and stuff for our own internal use, um, or that's building orders, depending on the season and the time of the year. Um, I want to have, you know, guys that just build every day in the shop so that they could build those orders and facilitate it. But then also I could say, Hey guys, we need to build another hedge wall for this weekend. And they're there, the equipment's there, the, the material's there, and we just make it nice. happen. So that's kind of, uh, you know, 
a little bit about what we're doing there in the manufacturing side. So we're building, you know, event products and the company name is Redmax Event Products. And uh, we're on Instagram website page and everything like that. So I'm trying to build that up and, and grow that now too, that I have a little more time um, to spend on it so that it is a little more um, sufficient, you know, and, and self-sufficient when this does pass over and DJs might be double booked and need a second front board or whatever it is. Um, this way it's a little easier for the ordering cool. process. Yep. So cool, man. Well, I think we talked about a lot of good stuff. Obviously there's a lot of, you know, challenges and stuff that I think a lot of younger DJs um, hear and, and come across. And um, I think there's some great positives of being a younger DJ too. <laughs> um, I mean, look at both of us too and what we've accomplished um, now and we're still so young. So we have plenty of years to grow and expand on what we're doing, you know? Yeah, definitely. For sure. And I mean, I'll ask you if, if, is there any advice that you would leave for any younger DJs um, listening? What's one thing uh, that you would pick that you think is like most important to, for them to succeed? Yeah. And I think this is one of the, one of the areas that I, you know, failed on. This is one of the things that I, I never really did. Um, as a younger DJ, I never really went out with other DJs to, to their shows to learn the ropes, you know, mm -hmm. and I think, uh, as a younger DJ, I thought, oh, well, why would I want to work with a competitor? And thinking back on it now, they were never my competitor because you can't compete with someone who's who's been in the industry, you know, for 10 to well, 15 years, or if not longer. Um, so, so I think one of the uh, suggestions that I would make to those younger DJs out there, buy yourself a small DJ system have something to tinker with and go out with another DJ company on the weekends to gain that experience. And I think that ultimately alone is going to get you where you want to be quicker. hundred percent. And I think that's a good point. And, and to piggyback off that too, to younger DJs or event industry people, whatever. Um, and I forget who I was saying this on with another podcast, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with being the best number two DJ or the best number four in a company. Um, you know, it, it, I think a lot of people, especially in the DJ world are like, oh, I'll just start my own company and this and that. Um, but there's a lot more that goes into it, I think, than most realize. And um, so it might be something to consider, like you were saying, to work for other people. And you might realize like, hey, this is really easy to just show up and DJ and get paid and not have to worry about everything else. Um, so I think that's a good experience to have under your belt. Uh, regardless, because you might learn that, like, maybe I don't want to own my own company, you know, maybe I just want to work for somebody else. Right. And I mean, look, look at Barr. I mean, he, he owns his own DJ company, but half the time he's going out, you know, working for um, right. other companies. I mean, and that's kind of what a, a lot of some DJs are doing is they're working for multi-ops. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So that's very good um, advice. And that, that's something I wasn't even thinking about, um, too. But very good. And and the one that I would have that I think is very important, like you were talking about competitors and stuff. And we really, I, I consider us to have no competition. Uh, and that's not in a, I'm not saying that in like a, an ego way, like we're better than everyone else. I'm saying that in a way that like we collaborate with everybody else. Um, like no, I 100% agree. 100%. I don't like calling anyone else our competition. Even these companies that might be literally a client gets off the phone with us and then calls them for a quote because they were next down on the Google page or whatever. Like, I don't consider that competition. Um, we all work together very closely. I'm very friendly with everybody. So the one advice I would give, whether you're a DJ 
owner, whatever it is, um, you know, stay humble and, and make a lot of friends and network. You know, it's not worth burning a bridge because you never know where your next dollar will come from or, you know, who you might have to fall back on. Right, exactly. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And, and to kind of branch off that, I guess I was using uh, the competitor slash competition term uh, for those younger DJs to kind of understand where I was going with that. Um, but, you know, in the long run, we're always going to need each other's support. You know, I, I might have uh, a bride call me tomorrow that says, hey, I've got a wedding, you know, three months from now. Are you available? Well, the chances of me being three, available three months out are slim to none. So I might call, you know, if, if I was on Long Island, uh, you know, I might call Brandon. I said, Hey, I just got this bride, you know, here's her information, give her a call, you know? So I think, you know, that's kind of where the ego and, um, co- not being competitors really comes into play. Cause at the end of the day, we're going to need each other. I mean, k- kickback is a real thing. I mean, who knows D- a DJ down the road might kick you 50 bucks for giving him a gig. So I think, uh, end of the day, we all have to be friends. Definitely. And I think that's very important. Um, and you know, we, some of our biggest and highest paying contracts, to be honest, have come from other companies that we collaborate with and um, they bring us on to handle a certain portion of their event. Uh, you know, and that's just because we've stayed so friendly and neutral. And, you know, when we post something from the event, we tag them and they tag us too, vice versa. It's like a very open, you know, collaboration. It's not like the, no, my name's going on this. No, this is our contract. They called us, blah, 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 you know. Right. And I think business to business partnerships are the number one for us here, at least in, in the Columbus area for my company. Uh, we've got more business to business clients than we do brides and grooms. So that, that's another big, another big uh, key factor when starting out is businesses have money. They've got money to spend before tax time. So get in with some businesses and see how you can help them out with their entertainment needs. For sure. Awesome. Well, Hunter, I really appreciate your time. Where's the best place for listeners to connect you uh, or connect with you, I should say, on social media or email? Where's the best place for them to reach out? Sure. They can uh, find us on Instagram at Hurricane Productions LLC and on Facebook at Hurricane Event Pro. Awesome. Love it. And I'll link to those down below in the description of this podcast as well. Thank you very much again for your time. And thank you to everyone who tuned into this podcast. Enjoy your Sunday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the RE and Friends podcast. We truly hope that we were able to bring value. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Also, make sure to stay tuned for the next Red Max Events audio experience.